Welcome back to Footsteps in the Attic. I am so excited because my guest today is a beautiful actress who I met years ago while we were filming Spider-Man 3 together as news reporters. And I remember when I saw her in the fitting room to get her costume, she was just so sweet. And I said inside, I said, I have a feeling I'm going to be friends for life with this girl. And I'm proud to say that has been the case ever since. She has gone on to star in so many theater projects, television projects, and movie roles, including working with John Travolta. Yes, I said John Travolta in Trading Paint, and Miss Black China in the upcoming feature film, Women of the Jury. Please welcome the beautiful Audrey Favor to the show. Audrey, how are you doing? Hi, thank you. I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. And Audrey, I'm just going to dive right into it. What kind of a kid were you growing up, and where did you grow up? Well, so I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, I grew up in Huntsville, Alabama, and I was a very odd kid, I think. (laughs) I I just think I did whatever I wanted, and I think I embarrassed my older brother and sister, Um, (laughs) and was always kind of artsy and played dress-up, and I couldn't really finish a movie because I would want to go back to my bedroom and like act out the movie the way I wanted to and not (laughs) watch the way the actors did it. Right. So it was like my parents probably said I was super ADD because I just couldn't focus on anything for too long. What do you think? um, Yeah, go ahead. I know. Now, do, uh, do you think watching those movies, is that what it was that inspired you to become an actress? Definitely. Actually, the first movie that mm-hmm. inspired, inspired me that I remember was that movie, My Girl. Oh, yeah. Anna Klumsky. Of course, yeah. with Dan Aykroyd. Yep. Yep. So, Anna Klumsky was such an inspiration because she was about my age. And I just loved how she played that role. I don't really, and I also had a crush on Macaulay Culkin, obviously. So, <laughs> that didn't, <laughs> that probably helped. But, um, but then, actually, in New York, I got a chance to go see Anna Klumsky in a off-Broadway show. I got to meet her and tell her how much she inspired me as a five-year-old. And that, like, warmed her heart. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so grateful for you to tell me that. She was so humble. And I was like, doesn't every little girl tell you that? And she was like, no. That, but, must, um, that must have been a huge moment because here you are meeting that person that inspired you to get into the industry. And yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure I was crying when I was meeting her. No, like, I I'm get it. Sure I had tears coming out of my face. I, I t- was, completely get it. Yeah. And she was, her being so humble about it, I seriously thought she probably spent her entire life being told by girls all over the place that she was an inspiration and she acted like I was the first one, you know? Well, you know, you're you're cut from the same cloth because I happen to know you're one of the most humble and generous human beings that I know. So I could see that you would emulate somebody cut from your mold. Thank you. That's so good of you. You're, no, you're extremely welcome. And actually, it's funny because it kind of bled into my follow-up question, which is who are and were some of your acting role models? So we know Anna's up there. Yep. Okay, so this is the funny thing. I've almost, like, manifested a lot of my career as, <laughs> as a five-year-old. My other one, no, I'm not lying, but it was John Travolta. <laughs> no, I believe it. He could sing, dance, act. I was a dancer my whole life, and he. I just had a crush on him the minute my mom put Grease on the television. And, <laughs> and I thought I was going to hate that movie, and I ended up watching it like 50 times that summer. And um, But yeah, I always wanted to work with him because I was like, he can do it all. He's a good singer. He's a good actor. He's a good dancer. And, um, and he's so fun. And then meeting him in person and working with him was one of the greatest honors I've ever had because he was so humble as well. And he was so helpful. Like he was such a good 
mentor for me. So yeah, and and you another one. Yeah, you actually played his wife in Trading Paint in some very key scenes. And I'm curious, like I was going to ask you what your experience was like with him. Is there any stories that, that stand out that you, you know, are comfortable sharing? I'd love to hear it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, so for that film, so, okay, let's back up a little bit. So I was living in LA, had kids, and then ended up having to reroute my life because of, and personal stuff in my life. So I was living in Alabama at this point. I had kids. And guy acting was never going to work out for me because I was back in Alabama. I kind of stuck there against my wishes. And, right. Um, Thank you for your honesty, by the way. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so, for the, your realness. It is. So one of my Pilates clients was like, oh, you should try out for this movie and be an extra because she didn't understand. Like after living in New York and L.A. and working as an actor, we don't do extra work anymore, but right. she didn't understand that. She was thinking, like, oh, that's, that's acting, right? And, of course, it is acting. But, um, so I took the email from the application to do background work on this film with John Travolta, and I emailed them directly, and I was like, look, I know this isn't really appropriate, but I'm an actor, trained in New York, trained in L.A. I don't want to do background I know that's very unprofessional to reach out to you this way, but I want to be considered for a role. Is there anything available? And I thought that, right, that email, I thought that was going to basically, like, blacklist me from the whole acting industry because I was like, they're going to hate me for this. You don't, you know, you don't email the background casting and ask for a role, you know? I I actually love every bit of this story, but go ahead. Please continue. So I was like, I'm never hearing from them, but what do I have to lose? I'm already stuck in Alabama. Like, can't do anything. And then two weeks go by. I kind of forgot that I'd done that and um, got an email from one of the executive producers saying, can you send me samples of your work? And I was like, yeah, send you everything. So I just started sending them <laughs> multiple emails of all kinds of clips of my work. Because at that point, I had just revamped my reel, and so I was like, oh, here's, yeah, I was in the process of revamping my reel. So I sent them, so, and I'm saying this, but I do not recommend emailing the, <laughs> the email <laughs> on the background casting application. I'm not saying that's what everyone should do. I know that would drive them crazy. So I think it was like a one-time meant-to-be circumstance. Um, so I sent them several clips, and they were like, you're a little bit young. We were considering you to play John Travolta's wife and you maybe send us some pictures that where you make yourself look older and I was like yeah absolutely I mean I'll touch me however <laughs> and they were like well he's uh, I won't say his age but they were like we want him to play 50 so if you could look like 40 that would be nice and I was like okay no problem so my mom and I went my dad has a photography studio we went to his studio and use makeup and tried to make me look older. And they were like, mm, all right, I don't know if that's going to work or not. So then they had me come in for a screen test where I was going to have to meet him. But before I could meet him, they were like, give us your best acting clip. Like, give us your best like acting job. Um, we're going to go take this to John and see what he has to say. So I sent them this dramatic role where I played a single mother who's basically having a panic attack called Panic by Jared White. I sent them that clip, and I, I text Jared and was like, by the way, I'm sending our film to John Travolta for a review for this role right now. And Jared was like, awesome, thank you for doing that. <laughs> so then I'm sitting in this waiting room with a bunch of other girls while I know John Travolta is in his trailer watching this movie that I just sent, that I did like years before. And um, they came out, the producers came out, grabbed me, pulled me into another room. Uh, one of the, well, the director for the film was in this room. He's an Oscar winning director. He was like pacing back and forth, looked a little bit stressed, looked me up and down, went back to pacing. And I was like, oh my God, they all hate me. They hate me. They hate that I emailed that email. I shouldn't have done that. 
they hate that I'm too young to play his wife. They hate that I'm here. Like I thought, and I even thought the whole thing was scam. When I even pulled up to set that day, I thought, like this is not even. Like, <laughs> like he's not gonna be there. No, like, this is not how John Travolta in this building. It's like a rundown high school in Hoover, Alabama. It's like Ron Travolta, not John. Right, 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 or John without an H. <laughs> right. Like he's a, he's a Southern John, and like so the whole time I'm like, oh my god, am I gonna? I even text my mom the address. I was like, just in case I don't make it home today. Like I don't know what this place is. Right. And so. Yeah, so I go into this room. The director for the film is pacing back and forth. Oscar winning director. So that's when I started to realize, okay, he's legit. I've heard of him. And he's pacing. He's looking at me. He looks very disappointed. And then they're like, he walks up to me and he's like, so you're Audrey. I was like, yeah. He's like, John loved your film. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, he loved you in it. And I was like, great. Thank you. I love you for telling me that. And then he's like, we want to offer you the role, but you still look too young. And I was like, oh, no problem. I can change that in a heartbeat. And I started coming up with all these ideas to make myself look older. And he was like, he kind of like flung his hands in the air and was like, well, somebody just figure it out. And then he walked away. And the producers were like, all right, well, they're like, I guess you're hired. You like <laughs> the role of John Schmolter's wife? I was like, um, let me think about it. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, absolutely. I'll be here every day, first thing in the morning, whenever you want me. So then, um, um, hold on. Yeah, no, please. I absolutely love this story. For those of you who are listening, okay. it's such a testament to make doing those little things to make yourself stand out or do something different. And sometimes just taking a chance and through taking a chance, look at this magical thing that happened that th this is just incredible. So please continue. Okay. Sorry. I did get a little distracted just now with some loud noises. Um, in my house. Um, no, no, quite all right. Life happens. Yeah. So I took this role and right after I took it, they were like, Shania Twain's in this film. Would you mind being her? body double for she's never done film before so they she's a little nervous about some of these things so i ended up doing that too so i worked with john for all of shania's scenes as well as my own scenes which ended up benefiting me greatly because i was on set probably two-thirds of the film and so some of most you know so it was for my scenes for shania's scenes but yeah. regardless, I got to go through all of Shania's and John's dialogue, all my dialogue with John. Like, it was just like, we worked together so closely. Yeah. And we worked so well together. And I was so nervous. I still had that feeling that he was just going to hate me because whatever, it was a perfect look or whatever for the role. But he came up to me afterwards and was like, you, he was like, when we took a chance on you, I thought you were talented, but I thought you didn't look old enough. But he was like, in our scenes, you exceeded my expectations. Wow. And I was just like, useless. Like, so he basically, not only did he mentor me and help me through everything, he also was so gracious, came up to me, complimenting my work, praising my work, and just made me feel like I was right didn't, where I needed to be. Yeah, didn't he basically say, like, where have you been? Like, how have I not actually, discovered you before because you're yeah. so talented? And I know he... he yeah, he said... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he was like, where, where do you live? Do you live in L.A.? And I was like, no, I used to live in L.A. And this, the film that he saw for my, basically, audition, that was out in L.A. So he was like, why have I not heard of you? And I was like, well, I had a little change of plans in my life, but I had to leave LA. And he was like, yeah, he was like, why have I not heard of you? Why are you not out in LA like, booking bigger roles? And I was like, well, that, that's, the, that's the goal. <laughs> so he was like, well, who's your agent? And I was like, I don't have an agent. And he told one of the producers, he was like, we need to get this girl an agent. So he basically, like, him and one of the producers, Autumn Daly, who's a godsend in my life to this day, they both kind of pulled me aside on that set and were like, we got to get you 
an agent. We got to get you working again because this is this, this is where where you need to be. Well, that, I love that because you basically have just continued to work ever since then. I know John even gave you a little gift after you were done filming. And yeah. I, I do have to ask you, like, what's it like? Because this is just like from a, my perspective, like I'm growing up, let's just say, you know, Marilyn Monroe's past, but obviously I have a big crush on Marilyn Monroe. I get to work with Marilyn Monroe and then I get like a kissing scene with Marilyn Monroe. So what's it like getting a kissing scene with somebody that you grew up having a crush on? I know, Brian, all I can say is I wish you could have the opportunity with Marilyn Monroe. I, I appreciate that. To you, so maybe you'll get a lookalike. <laughs> Thank you, Wadzi. I've always hoped that you will. You will That's why it. I love you. But, um, so, yeah, John and I, I mean, it's a quick scene. I'm not trying to make yeah. it sound bigger than it is. But we get in this car, and we're supposed to be all in love. Right. And, um, and in the middle of the scene, I die. But, so he kind of added the kisses in. Right. And that was the best part, because they weren't in the script. <laughs> so, so he did tell me when we were sitting in his car, and I hope he's watching or listening to this because um, we will we will tag him. <laughs> but um, he did say that I reminded him of his first love. Oh, look so, at that! I don't know who that was, but it was someone special to him. And then in the scene, he. I was like, it doesn't make sense that we just look at each other lovingly. Like, there needs to be more passion. And I was like, I agree. <laughs> I feel like we should be way more passionate than this. And he was like, so why don't you just come over and, like, give me a kiss on the lips or on the cheek or something. So I did that. And then producers were like, eh, try it again. And he was like, okay, this time, like, give me a kiss for longer. I'm like, no problem. No problem. <laughs> so then... <laughs> We shoot again, and this is probably like eight in the morning, right? How we start filming, and then he's like, "Okay, maybe for this one, like kiss my mouth, my cheek, maybe kiss my neck, maybe nibble on my ear a little bit." I was like, "You, whatever you say." You know, you just whatever <laughs> you throw out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know. I mean, it's John Travolta. I'm not really gonna turn turn down his ideas. So. So we added a little bit, and then and then we had, um, you know, we get car accident, and so in the in the scene, so they we had to work with a stunt crew, we had to work with broken glass, and, you know, like the shatter glass, and um, so sometimes we start our kids be kissing, and it's, and we're waiting for the glass to break and for the crash to happen, but that wasn't really you know, in our control. So while we're kissing, we're, we just continue kissing while we're waiting for the stunt crew and the, like <laughs> everyone else to get things going. So we just kept this kiss going and we kissed from about eight in the morning till nine at night, something like that. <laughs> it, was, it was a really good day. <laughs> I remember talking to you. I remember talking to you. I think it was that either the day after or it was shortly yeah. thereafter. <laughs> Yeah, I probably called you that night when I left that. Cause I was like, I'm sure there has to be like one more kissing scene in this film. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, then, so yeah, sometimes our glass machine or the air machine or something wouldn't go off. But we didn't know when it was going to go off. So we just kept our part going. Hey, you're true. You're true going. professionals. You're true professionals. Exactly. That's there you... were no real emotions on his end, but on my end, there might have been. <laughs> <laughs> See again, thank you for the realness. This is why I love you. You give real answers. <laughs> that was probably my favorite kissing scene. I get it. I totally get it. I and yeah. you, you just, you know, your career has just continued to snowball. So you're with this other famous, you know, pop, you know, pop uh, figure, Black China, who's been associated in the past with the. Kardashians, but she's really turned her life around, which I have tremendous yeah. respect for and kind of taken her life in yeah. a new direction. And she's doing this feature film with you, Women of the Jury. What was your experience with her and just the film in general? Yeah, so she and I in this film, 
we kind of, we sit next to each other and we kind of end up being buddies um, throughout the film because, you know, we're sitting at this jury table trying to figure out the, you know, this, if this guy's guilty or not. And um, I won't say too much about that. Right, gotcha. Because you guys will have to watch it when it comes out. Damn right. But, um, so she, her name is Angela. And she's, she's like a little angel. She's a sweetheart. And... And she's so young, too. And so I know she's been under the spotlight with who knows what, but she's just a sweetie and, like, a good person and very talented. So we had a great time. We uh, That was a fun set, actually, because it's 12, 12 girls sitting on a table for hours a day with, uh, I don't know, one day where we did, like, it felt like 60 pages of dialogue. In, in one day, and we wow. were exhausted, but maybe it was half that, I may be exaggerating, but I just remember at the end of the day, like, our jaws were tired, we were like, oh my gosh, sure, so much dialogue to cram into this one scene. Yeah, because you're um, in a jury situation, so it's not like yeah. there's a ton of action scenes written in, it's like the, the dialogue sells it, so I could imagine you were exhausted. Yeah. And we all have different perspectives we all have different wishes and my character is kind of that one character of, in the jury that wants to get the fuck out you know yeah yeah <laughs> totally like, i'll do anything to just get out of this room like i have stuff to do and like so um but then even even working on that project brought up so many issues that we actually <clears throat> do deal with in life mm-hmm different women experience, different moms experience, and because we're all women. We were only thinking for women, you know. Um, but it brought up so many issues that while we were filming that movie, I think every single one of us at some point broke down in tears, got chills. Like, it, it wasn't just the movie. It was the story. It was our life experiences. It was what brought us to acting, you know. So that film, because of the storyline, it affected each of us. So we thought we were going in there to shoot a movie, and we left there feeling like moved and feeling heard and feeling like we were able to find our voice in, in different um, situations that we've had to go through. Wow. You know, whether it's based on our ethnicity, based on our culture, based on the, the people we've dealt with in our lives. So it was interesting, that project, because we, we all came together, all 12 of us, got really close. And and then and there's one scene, I guess it's the climax of the movie, that I can't tell you much about. Right, I understand. It's so powerful, it's so moving. And a couple of us, I won't say who, but a couple of us weren't supposed to be moved by it in the actual film, but we couldn't help it. Every single one of us was moved by this scene. And so that one was was a lot of fun and a, a very emotional roller coaster to be part of, but everyone at the end of the day got along so well. As everyone was so respectful of each other. So even though we all come from different walks of life, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different everything, we all just grew real close to each other. See, so that's that beautiful. Amazing. That's amazing. It's like art imitates life. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. You, um, I mean, you just keep moving. I'm looking at some of your upcoming projects and you have socially distance, a toxic relationship, vampires, house of Cain, which I definitely have to ask you about. Cause you know, I'm a horror guy and how to snatch a bachelor. I mean, you got a lot of stuff in the fire here. Yeah. What, well, what? There's a couple that aren't even, um, there's a couple that are coming up that aren't listed yet, like Marriage Mansion. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can see that one yet, but that's, uh, we're going to start promoting that one soon. I'm really excited about that one, too. But um, then there's a toxic relationship that we just wrapped last weekend, and that is very, very dark, Brian. This is going to be a different role. Oh. Actually, you know what, Brian? You what? saw me in a play. I did. In Lower East Side. I know exactly. Where I played a very, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you were excellent um, in that. I mean, excellent. That was so 
I mean, that one, that was a play that kept you like, whoa, after you were watched, after you watched it, you were amazing. So that, that was called On the Hilltop, and this movie, A Toxic Relationship, is, I wouldn't say it's a similar role, but it's dark, mm-hmm. like On the Hilltop. Yeah. My role um, in On the Hilltop, I played a good girl that got into the wrong crowd and turned, you know, her life turned for the worse. Yeah. Um, and this film, A Toxic Relationship, well, I guess it's kind of the same. Um, I'm a mother, and which I am a mother in real life, and so that one, that part connected with me a lot. And, um, but it's a very dark drama, but I hope that that movie will inspire people to recognize we hear these fireworks in Um <laughs> But I, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it's that. It's the 4th of July know. special. It's perfect, actually. Right. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah. But I hope this movie, A Toxic Relationship, will inspire women and men to get out when, it, when it's bad. Do not stay in it. It's, like, it's easy to see the good in people and, and hope that things are going to change. But bottom line is people... If they want to change, they will. But you can't you can't force someone to change if they're not ready. And if if the relationship is dragging you through the mud, then then it's, it's you're going to end up. It's going to kill you inside. Yeah, yeah. Like it's going to. I mean, I've read books on this. I've talked to a lot of therapists on this. I myself have been in a couple toxic relationships, mm-hmm. and one thing I recognize is. Um, when a, when a, actually two different therapists that I talked to were like, well, you could get on some antidepressants that would help with the situational depression. And I was like, why would I put something in my body that I, like, I'm not depressed on a daily basis, but if yeah. you're this is situational depression, why should I cover up? Yeah, that's just putting a Band-Aid and numbing yeah. the situation. It's not dealing with the situation. Right. You know. But I asked them, I was like, are you saying that I need this? And they were like, no, but we think this might help you deal with this person. And I was like, I care about my body too, though. Yeah. I want to only put good things in my body. And that yeah. Means- you're also a Pilates <laughs> guru master, so you're very body conscious. <laughs> well, right. I am very, especially at this point in life, I have two sons and I only want healthy things in my body so that... <laughs> That's the same with people. I don't want toxic people in my life. I don't. I don't want to wear my body down any more than it already has been. Why? Well, so, yeah. If I need medicine, tell me. I'm open to that. But if you're yeah. saying take this medicine to help you deal with this person, why don't I just get rid of the person and take care of myself? Yeah. That's my sanity and for my kids, even you know. Well, that's one thing I, I really, you know, I love you with all my heart. You're, you're literally one of my closest friends and I can honestly say you're an eternal optimist and you do really strive to see the good in people. But what I really admire is that, you know, you're not a believer in, you know, keeping walking the same road, because if you do that, then the view never changes. And if something is off and something's wrong, you make the necessary adjustments and you do what's best for you and your kids. And that's not easy. It's not easy to do. No. So. And thank you, Brian. I love you too. And you're one of my greatest friends too. I mean, yeah. And and, the, and it's just indicative of the tra- the trajectory that your career is heading in because ever since you made some adjustments in your life, it's just been nonstop work. <laughs> and and I and I'm really curious because you're one of the few people that has the perspective of I've worked in New York City, I've worked in Los Angeles, now in the Atlanta scene. How do you see the differences between the three? And what is the scene like where you are now compared to the other two? That is such a good question. Thank you very much. You know my heart is always with New York. That Mm -hmm. is my number one. I love New York. I know you do. I go back there one day. You know how much I love New York. Yes. And New York is the one place in the world I feel really at home. Mm -hmm. 
But we're not going to focus on that right now. <laughs> LA was amazing. LA was like a constant vacation. It was so much fun. So many friends. I had the best time. I had the best job there. I loved LA. I know, I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel like I finished my time in LA because I did leave um, real abruptly without mm-hmm. um, knowing that I was. I didn't think I was leaving for good when I left. I thought I was yeah. back and life changed things. But anyways, um, so Atlanta is one of those places. I grew up going there all the time for dance competitions. We have family here. Never ever considered moving there. When I was in LA, heard Atlanta was the place to go for film. Like they kept saying, "Oh, Atlanta's the new Hollywood." I was like, "No way. There is no way." I like Atlanta's not cool enough to be the new Hollywood. However, work has picked up. My agents here, my managers here. I've booked so many jobs here. This city has just welcomed me in and like with the biggest warm hug. Like every single production <laughs> I've worked on feels like home. I feel like these are my people and then, you know, that job ends and you're sad because you're like, Oh my god, I love these people, I love these people and then another production welcomes you in and it's like instant family all over again. So Elena, seriously I was I was even telling my mom the other day, like this is one of those places I felt this in New York too. I feel like I'm exactly where God wants me right now. Amen. I feel like the people in my life in this city are so good for me. They're so positive. They're so encouraging. They're just so, like, such good people. And, like, you. And, like, they're just, like, I just feel like this is where I can flourish because the people I'm surrounding myself are so positive. And, and that includes my sister, my cousins, my entire family here, you know. Yeah. But it's just, like, even for my kids, I meet my friends here from different sets that I work on. I'm like, this is so good for my kids to see the, how my friends treat me. Mm-hmm. They're seeing people treat me so good. And I'll be honest, that little stint I did in Alabama, um, I've got one really good best friend from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the, the friendships there weren't as, as solid. Authentic. As, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But in New York, I, I had solid friendships, still have those solid friendships. And L.A. had solid friendships. And Atlanta, it's just like, it's this great like family environment. doesn't matter if it's your first day on set or your 50th day on set. Every single person is included and loved. And um, just each talent is appreciated. Like nobody, I don't, I have not noticed on a single set that anyone is treated badly or taken advantage of. Yeah. And those are things, you know, I look for, I don't, I don't like to see anyone's position, even if, if they're not actors, if they're crew, if they're PAs, I like to see everyone appreciated because sometimes you have these PAs that are running all over the place. And yeah. I don't, I don't feel like they get any credit for what they do. That's Same with the writers. Yeah. A hundred percent. I do feel like each, each part of the film seems to me, be appreciated and if they're not i apologize because i haven't seen it you know yeah but, but that is something i look for i always try to look to make sure everyone feels appreciated and well, i feel like everyone does that's that's you though and i think a lot of it is the universe is responding to your genuineness because from the day i met you you've never changed and you've been just a a genuinely compassionate loving person you you literally have not changed and and it doesn't matter if you're in the biggest movie set in the world or or a, a tiny theater you treat everyone the exact same and that i think has something to do with also your faith and what keeps you just so grounded and sweet because you've always had that inner faith and i i just think that it, it truly is the universe responding to that energy that you have always put out Oh, thank you. You're welcome. No, and, you really have. The same. You, you also put out that good energy. I, I see it. I, I just remember, it's very, it's very rare in life you can meet someone and you just immediately like them. That was you. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, and I knew I was going to be friends. I knew you were going to be a close friend because I was greedy. And I was like, I want that energy in my life. <laughs> and Man, we got to find that picture from that set. We have that picture somewhere. We do. Of us as our crew. 
Yep. We do. Audrey and I were reporters in Spider-Man three. We had some fun night shoots. The, the, you know, the best part was just us hanging out between scenes. That was the most fun. Yeah. And you know, that's what, um, that movie is what helped us become SAG actors. Remember? Yes. I completely remember that. Yep. We were pumped about that. We worked our asses off to join SAG and then that movie made it possible we were like, yeah. <laughs> right? <Good job>. yeah. <laughs> waver City. All right. We got a waiver. <laughs> yeah. You, you, um, yeah, go ahead, please. No, I was just, uh, oh, we just kind of find that picture. Yes, we do. It is, it is in one of our, you know, collections. We collectively must find this. Yes. <laughs> um, and I will put it on the uh, podcast Instagram page, oh, by yeah. the way. I will definitely do that. Yeah. Our um, baby faces. Yes. Um, well, you still have it. You don't You don't age, which really pisses me off. I, on the other hand, have, but you don't. Um, I think you look the same. All right. See, that's why I love you, Audrey. I'll take that. But, but I feel like, I hope that I don't look the same. I feel like I, that's why I was like a baby. <laughs> but, but. <laughs> I'm saying you're <laughs> eternally <laughs> youthful. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank yes. you. I like to think so. My kids, or well, one of my kids tells me I look fifty, and the other one says I look twenty-seven. So I'm like, well, I guess, I guess my age is right in the middle. <laughs> you, you, I swear, you know, that's just kids being kids. You are definitely on the lower twenties, <laughs> not even upper twenties, lower. Oh, good. Oh, good. Thank you. I have to ask I'll you, you good own it. Um, she really is a Pilates master, by the way, uh, to everyone listening to this, this is no joke. That's probably why she's so damn youthful. Um, what, what advice would you give people starting out in the business just to, you know, what, like I should say this more appropriately, what advice would you give to you who is just starting out in the business? Oh God, to me it would be different advice than I give to others. Okay. Well, let's hear them both. Okay, I would say, obviously, train, like I trained for mm-hmm. theater. I did theater first. But when it comes to people, your friends and your boyfriends and whatever, whoever you surround yourself with, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever, make sure the second you, people are going to question you, right? People are always going to be like, are you sure? Like, do you really think you're going to make it? Like, those questions are kind of normal. You learn to just brush them off. Yeah. But if you feel it deep down inside you that you want to make something happen and someone else in your life, whether you're close to them or not, makes you question that. But you felt this before you knew that person. You felt this while you knew that person. You felt this after you met that person. You put those people kind of in a different um, category in your life. Like, not saying lose them as friends or boyfriends or whatever, but don't take their opinions to heart Yeah. because a lot of people are going to doubt you because they don't want to see you do well or because they don't believe in themselves so they don't have a reason to believe in anyone else and those people have a lot of power over you when you let them in. I love that. Do this vulnerable place in your heart because they're friends, because they're boyfriends, because they're girlfriends, whatever. And so my thing is the more you focus on your goals, make sure you're doing the training you need to reach your goals. Make sure you're working in a field that's going to better you and help you reach those goals. Don't, you know, don't just get a dead-end job that's going to suck the life out of you and not give you your creative time. You need a job that can support you. That's so important. You're right. Yeah. But you have to just stay true to what you know because People don't know. People are so intimidated. People are so afraid. And people put they, they put their fear on you, not even on purpose sometimes. Sometimes it's just their own insecurities. They deflect them on you. And if you let them in, it's going to almost stop you in your tracks from yeah. progressing. And so I do wish back then I had someone, one, a boyfriend, tell me I was selfish for wanting my acting career to succeed. He was like, man, he thought I was selfish for wanting to go to the gym. 
And he kept wow. calling me selfish. And like now looking back, I'm like, why did I even keep him in my life? Yeah. He would critique my plays. He would come see my plays and then immediately find something wrong with something that I did on stage when I'm celebrating at the cast. Yeah. He was trying and, to and keep I, you small because yeah. you, not allowing you or trying to stop you from blossoming. Right. So, so that's kind of my advice to myself is trust your gut. Cause I always knew what I wanted. And there were several people that questioned me and made me question myself. And I do think I could have probably pushed myself a little harder had I not cared if I had those people support or not. Like, I yeah. think it hurt my feelings. Like, that person doesn't support me. That person doesn't support me. Maybe I'm in the wrong field. It gets you a little bit. Obviously, I kept trying. But I do think if I had just known to separate those people in the beginning, that's their problem. That's their issue. I'm still going to focus on my goals. You know? No, oh, that's amazing. That, that... I like, if I knew to say, I'm not selfish, you know? Yeah. But I, I believe people that I thought loved me. And for other people, maybe that advice is good too. But I really think bottom line is you have a goal and you have done the work to accomplish this goal and you feel it in your heart that that's, that's where you, the direction you need to go, then just go for it and make sure along the way you are like feeding that desire whether with other jobs, with other relationships, you know, uh, like absolutely. Every job I had helped me get to where I am. I love that, and not getting distracted by, you know, the the mundaneness of a lateral job that some people just jump from mm-hmm. job to jobs. They're not, they're not, you know, progressing upwardly, or they're not giving that attention to that thing inside of them that they really want to feed. And, you know, and it doesn't have to be acting. It can be anything. And I think that's extremely, extremely important advice. And I thought that was perfect of you to bring that up. I mean, that was like a mic drop moment. It's like, boom. Because you're... And the same with Pilates. Pilates. My old acting coach told me I should get into Pilates because it'd be good for auditions. I put that off for a while. One of my boyfriends was like, no, that's not going to make any money. That's not... You don't need to do that. I listened to him for a little bit, then I ignored him. Went and got Pilates certified, and I fell in love with Pilates. Well, I started taking classes before I got certified, but I was obsessed with it. I was like, I need this in my daily life. And even so, like even getting a job like that, finding a passion other than acting that can also benefit my acting, it can help me get my body in shape, it can help me clear my mind, you know. Yeah. So doing that support my acting i mean it's it's almost a a spiritual experience isn't it when Mm -hmm. you're because it's all about deep breathing and kind of connecting with your you know your your inner self or some the the chakras as they say in reiki i mean it's 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 fascinating and it's it's funny because i was going to ask you like an interest that you have outside of acting and i guess that would definitely be one of them but at the same time it's so connected to your acting Yeah, and I think that kind of explains why it's so, such a passion of mine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do kind of work together. But also, one of my mentors with Pilates told me, um, I, obviously, I was going through a rough divorce. I was a single mom around the time I started really focusing on Pilates. And that's when I thought I had to put acting on the back burner. And my mentor um, was helping me through this exercise and it was challenging for me and I'm pretty strong and this exercise was just it kind of like hurt my feelings because it was so challenging and I was asking him I was like why am I having such a hard time with this and then and then the tears came I started crying and he was like it's okay sometimes you just have to let your body heal and this is part of your process you are hurting you're bearing all this weight you have all this stress in your life and you have to let it release and this is you releasing that stress because at this point where you are right now on this mat crying in my in my studio he was like this is where you are in life you are here and for an hour and you cannot change any outside circumstance in your life right this second right you're here 
you're doing this for your body. So he was like, take this time while you're here to focus on your body. You've neglected your body because of all the stress, because of all the pain, because of your baby. You put your baby first. You And a lot of mothers do, most mothers do. So he said, you like take the control out and just focus on your body, focus on healing yourself because you cannot be a good mother if you don't heal yourself. And it hit me that I have no control over what happens. I have no control. But this moment that I'm in this class focusing on my body, I do have control over my body. So, wow. So it has been a very spiritual experience. And I've reminded my clients that throughout the years, like whatever you're going through in life, throw it out the window because you can't solve that problem in this room right now. You can leave this room clear-headed and solve that problem the minute you leave this room. But right now, you're here to focus on yourself and heal yourself and get your body stronger so that you can handle whatever life throws at you. Wow. So that, that really helps me. I think that would help everybody. That's you just put that in such great perspective. <laughs> Hell, it makes me want to go jump on a mat right now. And, yeah. I know, I know. You'll get on me about that anyway, so I'll probably end up doing it. <laughs> I'll call you tomorrow. Yeah, you got it, Ozzy. <laughs> That's. I mean, wow. That you really that that made me like stop in my tracks. Everything you said was so poignant. Like, boom, mic drop, mic drop. Right. Well, and I know, I know. I know how your year has been too. So yeah, I know you can you can use that advice as well. Everyone can absolutely one hundred percent. And I think you know you've just done so much. I mean, you've done so much personally. You've done so much professionally. I'm wondering what out there, like, what's your dream role as an actor or an example of a dream oh. role that you have that you have not yet oh. gotten to play? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I have this answer. I would love to have a show like Friends, like a funny yeah. comedy sitcom. Absolutely. Where it's just lighthearted. And because not only do I love that show Friends so much, and I love Cheers, I love so many funny sitcoms. But um, I was watching a Friends reunion, back, I think it was during COVID. And during Friends reunion, I do watched that, but... Um, it shows um, so the cinematographer went on and they interviewed just friends, fans, fans of the show. Yeah. And they talked about how they had, some of them had suicidal thoughts and they would come home and friends was the one thing that lit up their life. That show was so lighthearted. None of the problems get that deep. And it just kind of gives you like a relief at the end of the day. Absolutely. And I love that. I love that it helps people. And, you and you know, when they made that show, they probably didn't think of how many people it was going to affect. Yeah. But, they, but it's also a very, um, that whole show is very just open-minded. Yeah. It's very non-judgmental. Yeah. And it kind of it was ahead of its time in a lot of ways. And so everything about that show, I... That's kind of my dream role. And, you know, I got to meet the cast of Friends, and that was the, I've met a lot of celebrities, and that was the one time in my life that I got completely starstruck. Totally get it. I totally I get it. I was in an elevator with them, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, everything you, out of their mouth, I was just like, <laughs> You know, it's funny. I don't know what to say. It's funny you say that, because I've always told people, I've said this numerous times, I don't traditionally get starstruck by film celebrities but when i meet tv celebrities who i grew up with it's like they're part of the family so it's like when you finally get to meet them you're like whoa you're you were like a part of my life so i tend to get that nervous starstruck thing when i meet like the you know tv people who i grew up with so i get that i totally get that it makes a lot of sense yeah because you watch it back in high school every Tuesday night or, you know. Right, whatever. right. And then you grew, you, you grew up with it in your teen years. And, and a lot of this stuff, because um, I I wanted to, during COVID, we were home all the time, I wanted to watch it from beginning to end and show it to my kids. And um, so we got hooked on it and we watched it all together. 
from beginning to end in order. And I'd never actually sat through it and watched it like that. I just picked up whatever episode I could catch, you know, yeah. growing up. And um, my kids love it too. That's like one show we can all agree on. Like that's not like a total boy movie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course, though, speaking of boy movies, I happen to know you have a soft spot in your heart for the movie Rocky. Which, of course, you know, this being filmed in the Philadelphia area, I have to give you major props. I know that movie has a special place in your heart. So yeah, go Aussie for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need to um, take my kids to those there. Let them oh, yes. Feel it out. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, well, that, that's going to happen. That's totally going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, so I can't believe it. You and I have talked almost to the show's end. So this is, I I, no, it's been wonderful though. It really has. This has been we like, normally need four hours to catch up, so. I, you know, we totally do. Well, you're coming back on. This is part yeah. one of several appearances you're going to make. So just FYI, um, I'm curious, you know, let's, let's, let's do this. What is your site? Where can people find you? If you want to be found, Plug away, my dear friend. Okay, so Instagram and Facebook and IMDb is Audrey Safeford, A-U-D-R-E-Y-F-A-F-A-R-D. I'm sure Brian will tag this below. Yes. Find um, her. And that's, that's it. Or <laughs> And... You have any exciting projects coming up that people should be aware of? I mean, we've talked about most, or is there one that's sticking out that you want to throw a plug in there for? Well, there's one I'm about to start filming, and actually my son is going to be in it with me. Oh, you didn't tell me this. Oh, yeah. He's been casting a... He's he's got his own little acting career setting up. Uh, My nine-year-old, Rocco. Uh, My son, Kai, went to direct and produce. He doesn't want to be on camera. Um, he's 13. But so, yeah, Rocco and I are about to shoot a film this month. And I don't know if I can say the name yet. Okay, that's okay. I get NDAs. I understand. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just not sure. Uh, I'm sure he would love to throw me to throw it out there in a couple weeks, though. Okay. Well, can you say the genre? I guess I'd say thriller. Okay. Thriller sounds very interesting. Um, yeah, that's coming up, and there's a, another series I'm about to jump on. Again, I can't, you know, some of these projects have to wait, so at least I've um, found a couple days for releasing information. But yeah, there will be new projects coming up. I have a couple of them coming up at the end of the summer and then at the end of the year, as well as next year. There's about nine movies to watch out for um coming up not counting the ones that i haven't tried yet amazing i was picking up and it, and all most of this is in atlanta one of them was in vegas but most of them are in atlanta incredible again as we said earlier it just proves that you're exactly where you meant to be yeah. you're doing yeah. what you're meant to be doing and the sky is the limit my dear friend yeah. i want to have you hold on because i want to chat with you and thank you for doing this off air but uh, in the meantime everybody get out there click look up Audrey Favored the beautiful Audrey Favored you will not be disappointed when you see her work she's amazing and just a pure joy so for thank you so much oh you are believe me thank you so much and believe me you're coming back so okay. <laughs> For Footsteps in the Attic, this is Brian Hobson. For the beautiful Audrey Fayford, we'll see you next week.